Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Smart Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm not going to miss my shot, Luke. That's how I am. I'm not going to miss my shot. This is a Hamilton thing, I believe, right? This is a Hamilton thing. Because you did a Hamilton thing on a podcast once and you got the words wrong and people let you know. That you got the words wrong. I change the words frequently to often fit the activity I'm doing at the time. So it might be, uh, I don't know, let's watch Peep Show. Let's watch Peep Show. Is that to a Hamilton theme song? Would you please go put the kettle on? Let's sit down. Let's sit down. Is that yeah, from Hamilton? That is. That is uh, okay. Alexander Hamilton. Okay. Alexander <laughs> Hamilton. I, I've never seen it. There's a million really things I haven't done. Have any interest in seeing Just it you wait. It's really good. I'm sure um, it's great, mate, but mm. it's just like I'm not asked. I don't think, obviously, there's going to be a film version uh, coming out next year, hopefully, depending on shooting schedules. But as of this Friday, you'll be able to watch a 2017 performance with the original cast on Disney+. And you know what? Like, you know, Disney+, Plus hasn't managed to get me in yet. It hasn't managed to get its claws into me yet. Not, with, not even with The Mandalorian. Um, not with Hamilton. But the new Muppet series starts. Uh, at the end of July, so that could get me in. What? 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 What's? What's the gimmick with the Muppets? Because I remember when they did a sort of mockumentary-style Muppets, which yep. was such a good idea, but it just wasn't that good. Yeah, they sort of missed the mark on it a little mm. bit. Yeah, this is like I think it's like a series of shorts and stuff, but like they released a trailer for it, and it's got you know it feels quite Muppety because there's loads of guest stars and things like that. The only problem really is that Matt Vogel is a t- terrible kermit he's like he's the new kermit taken over from steve whitman he's very bad 
I just, I, I, it almost sounds like he's never heard what Kermit sounds like. <laughs> How many Kermits have there been? Three. So it was Henson, Three. Whitmere, and then uh, and Steve Whitmere took over from Henson after Henson mm. passed. But really, like, I mean, we could get into the show in a minute. We, we, let's talk about the more important stuff here. But really, Henson, because people said like, oh, well, Whitmere was never as good as Henson. And like, he never really should have taken over the role. But the reality is, Henson was going to step down from Kermit before he dies. Because like Muppet Take Manhattan, he'd just given all the reins to Frank Oz. And was like, the Muppets kingdom is now yours. I'm not interested in it anymore. I want to go make this darker stuff like Dark Crystal and Labyrinth. That's what I'm more interested in. But before I go, can you put this Muppet Babies thing into Muppet Take Manhattan? Because I've already signed a merchandising deal <laughs> to do Muppet Babies. And I think it's going to be a massive cash cow. Um, yes. And then, oh, then he died. But Steve Whitmer took over uh, for Muppet Christmas Carol. The Muppet Babies and all of like the humanoid babies that are Muppets in Muppets Take Manhattan. Is it Muppets Take Manhattan? What's the one where they get married? Yeah, that's Muppet Takes Manhattan. Yeah. Um, are terrifying. <laughs> are terrifying. They're like the dolls that you find in an old dead relative's attic. Just going to double check. I was trying to they look haunted. They don't look puppeteered. Yeah, I think it's from The Great Muppet Caper, actually. Uh, okay. Well, wherever they were from, yes, they definitely came from nightmares. They star in <laughs> nightmares. Uh, but yeah, anyway, should we get into the show? Because we've got a big talking point. Then I've just had a quick skim of the, the general chat that's Uh-oh. in the YouTube thing. And people are, oh, mate, you've, you've angered some people. Because we're, we're asking the question that Ollie 100% agrees with. <laughs> that Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are way better than Paul Heyman, who is a big smelly dum-dum who couldn't book anything. He can't besmirch Heyman's name. <laughs> Everything he did was flawless. <laughs> Nothing ages badly. <laughs> Here is the show. It's with three weeks into this era after Paul Heyman was removed as executive director earlier this month, and then we had Backlash, greatest wrestling match of all time. And then we've had like a sort of interim changeover part of Raw, and then we've had two weeks of solid McMahon Pritchard booking. And that is last week's Championship Monday, which saw a load of title defenses without any build, really, short matches, and just a really scatterbrain approach to stuff. And then this week, I would argue that settled down a bit into quite a fun, frantic way where everyone had something to do. And crucially, there's some really strong characters and matches coming off the back of it. I'm mainly talking about Sasha Banks and Asuka, which I'm incredibly into. This is a title for debate. It's not something we're saying outright but i'm i I must admit although i thought this was overall an average episode of raw there is something to it it's not it's not the doom and gloom that i expected what ollie is saying is that paul Heyman was a garbage person who has never booked anything good in his life and he loves vince mcmahon and bruce pritchard and their vision for what wrestling should be it's just so we're all on the same page uh with this uh ollie does not like Paul Heyman and thought that building new stars was a terrible idea. Okay, so I know you're you're, you're being facetious here and trolling. However, the last couple of weeks of Raw has 
had something. And it and it is this sort of star presence that's been lacking. I know Big Show has no like place being around in 2020. Same with Ric Flair. And then you've, you know, the Christian stuff. However, it's it does feel that sort of level of sports entertainment, that sort of big level of showmanship that Vince McMahon has built his whole company around and sort of turned modern day mainstream wrestling into that style. And if you look back at all the Paul Heyman stuff, granted he was somewhat hampered by whatever Vince would say yes and no to. The Paul Heyman stuff was a bit repetitive. Well, I mean, we, we've said it quite a few times on this show that Heyman is not without his flaws and not everything that he did in his era of Raw was perfect. You know, the Rusev-Lashley storyline was bad. The Mike and Maria Canella stuff was bad. He was doing that sort of shock jock stuff that you would have done in the late 90s. And kind of in fairness, on the other the flip side of that, Pritchard and McMahon are doing, they're doing Attitude Era style uh, not storytelling, but booking of a show, which is heavy emphasis on interviews, heavy emphasis on backstage segments, low emphasis on in-ring wrestling. Because in-ring wrestling back in the day was what used to turn viewers off. Viewers would tune in to watch the characters cut promos and do in-ring segments and skits and whatnot. And then as soon as a match would start, flick over to Nitro and see if they had some in-ring segments and stuff going over there. So what they've done is that they are putting more emphasis back onto that as opposed to the in-ring wrestling. And, you know, in fairness, the ratings have gone up since they took over. As you said, like, McMahon has essentially created the casual audience wrestling. He's cultivated this over the last 30, 40 years. And now he's just going back to what he knows. And Pritchard knows what Vince McMahon will say yes to. So the pair of them together are just putting together these shows for casual fans. And in some sense, that that does work. I wonder how loaded, well, obviously the title's very loaded, but we keep calling this the McMahon-Pritchard era, as if the previous year was just the Heyman era. But it never was. It was always the McMahon-Heyman era. So if people, if we started calling this the Pritchard era, maybe people would be more open to praising it a bit more uh, because you've got you, the, the stuff like the Rusev angle, the Canellis stuff. I imagine that was Heyman trying to pop Vince. Yeah. And, and it failed for everyone. And Bruce has had that problem as well with the dog food stuff over on SmackDown with Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin. Um, and the, you know, like the, the sort of the Seamus Jeff Hardy urine throwing yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. it's it's a replay of the McMahon Shawn Michaels storyline from before. And reports are the Vince McMahon found it hilarious and could not stop laughing at it. Low, low, low bodily fluids. So I, I that this was a lot reported at a lot of the time when Pritchard was given the position over Heyman earlier this month, and that is. Pritchard knows how to work within the confines of McMahon more, whereas Heyman would slowly annoy McMahon and McMahon would probably suddenly shut down ideas and stuff. So maybe I think we should... Bruce is a complicated fellow. He's obviously a political mastermind in the industry oh, in terms of genius just just sort of playing agendas off of people and never really falling out with people but he somehow manages to rise to the top of a company over the course of just over a year and i i think we 
we shouldn't underestimate him as a potential Trojan horse for good. Mm-hmm. WWE will always be Vince McMahon's baby, and he is the ultimate yes or no sayer to a lot of the angles and creative we see. However, Bruce might be able to work within those confines better than Heyman, who was always going to combust and self-implode. And we said that's, this isn't you. We said this a year ago at the time. Yeah. The reason why we've got this title as well is that you and I were discussing on the morning meeting, you know, sort of our thoughts on Raw. Because like broadly, you know, broad strokes, this episode of Raw, I, I don't mind the McMahon-Pritchard shotgun approach of just like boom 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 segment 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 match for two minutes segment segment like i don't mind it to be honest and it does have this sort of like fun chaotic flow and and sort of like you know the story long narratives and stuff i'm just not invested in any stories at present i think that's the problem i have with with raw at the moment is that i'm not really invested in Dolph versus drew because i'm never going to buy drew uh Dolph as a as a contender I'm not. I'm. I'm really not into the street profits versus Andrade uh, Gaza now because, well, why would I be at this point? They just got beat two on one, and they keep infighting. Um, and like, there's the only thing I'm really interested in at the moment is Sasha Asuka because Sasha and Bailey are so great. Asuka's so great, but I don't think they've done a particularly great job presenting Asuka. But we talked about this a little bit, and you said that on Reddit, the feedback to the show was really positive. Everyone was saying, as the title of this is. The he the the Pritchard McMahon era is better than Heyman's. So far, so a lot of people, a lot of upvoting comments were like, oh, I'm, "I'm enjoying this more than the Heyman stuff over the last couple of months." Uh, you know, again, we should put a big asterisk next to that and say maybe that was just because Vince was turning down more Heyman stuff, and there was obviously coronavirus threw a lot of plans into disarray. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, you said on Twitter the reaction was the opposite. Yes. So I've gone through like the react. So I put up a tweet about how the Ruby Riot hasn't won a match since February last year and is currently on Raw since her comeback 0 for 11, um, which is not a great one. I know she was out for a lot of 2019, but... The streak! <laughs> Um, but the feedback I got to that was like, you know, Ibrahim um, gets in touch with the podcast a lot, said this role was really bad, except for the set stuff and the main events. Conservative Ginger said the entire episode of Raw was hot trash this week. Another week of what seems to be the burial of the top female champion. Um, and so I also went through the YouTube comments for your review to see if I could find, the, you know, some people who were being positive about the show. And I'll be honest, the majority of it was people not liking it. Atoa said painfully boring to sit through. Already hate the Bruce Pritchard era with part-timers as the main stars. Big Show has around four segments. That's all you need to know. Mark Farley said turned it off after five minutes. Dashy 45 said three out of four. Not great this week. The only one I could find, the only positive comment I could find was from Robert McCarthy who said, I really think Raw is better these past three weeks. Yeah, it's... uh, Look, me, me and Luke, we spoke earlier. We both have the same opinion. This was an all right show. Perfectly fine. It was just so fine. Like I know I, I got up at quarter to six to watch it because I got sunburn over the weekend and I couldn't really sleep. So I don't know if that affected my mood, but when I was watching, I was like, this is the same show we got last week, basically. And it feels like it's the same show we've had for the last three weeks. And I'm just not really invested in the storylines at the moment. Yeah, I... I... It's just interesting how, you know, some comments on Reddit, the most upvoted ones were, what, this is this is really fun. This is a really good bit. And then, you know, Twitter and YouTube is more like, this is one of the worst episodes of the year. And then me and you sit here and be like, 
middle yeah. of the road really by raw standards <laughs> it, just, it was perfectly fine like you know that second hour flew by you know what maybe it's symptomatic of a, a tribalistic argumentative <laughs> nature that's been fostered in social media i don't know maybe it is okay to just think something is blur or in the middle unless although it... eurovision was a piece of crap <laughs> I was going to say, unless it was the Woken Matt Hardy match that was on Raw, because I was not allowed to think that, that was fine. No, you've got to have an opinion one way or the other. <laughs> Otherwise, you will be hounded. Uh, so, yeah, I do, we'll, we'll go through the whole uh, episode in a second. We'll do the play-by-play after a few of your Super Chat thoughts. Of course, get in your Super Chats. We'll answer every single one of them on the show. But, yeah, well, there was good stuff on this show. I, I I actually, you know, the, the Asuka-Sasha stuff was really good. I'm really, really excited for their match, actually. And I know Asuka what, is yet it's another weak performance. She lost when she really needs some strong wins. However, it's not like she's losing to Charlotte. We all like Sasha Banks, don't we? She's been yeah. booked really strongly this last month. I'm really, I'm really into her. And isn't it weird how Sasha Banks has been booked on SmackDown, NXT, and Raw, and no one really minds? Like, everyone's fine by that. Like, <laughs> what they were doing with Charlotte. And everyone was like, oh my God, overexposed. She's pushed to the moon, hates seeing her. Sasha Banks is on NXT this week. And everyone was like, great, cannot wait to see her on NXT this week. It all depends on how the people are portrayed and received by the fans. Look, Drew McIntyre is getting some of the best Roman Reigns booking that yeah. Roman Reigns ever had. And yeah. it works for Drew. It was absolutely so frustrating to live through with Roman because it's the Roman just didn't connect with people in the same way that Drew has. Um, but yes, we will go through all the stuff. Uh, the the Andrade and Angel Garza nonsense is ridiculous, and the United States title picture is a little bit problematic. Mm. It's a bit weird, isn't it? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hey dave yeah randy since we founded bombas we've always said our socks underwear and t-shirts are super soft any new ideas maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy wait what i got it bombas absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness because one purchased equals one donated wow did we just write an ad yes Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Funknown, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Funknown's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. Before we get into all of your super chats, we've got a bumper Patreon shout-out thing, so everyone who gives $25 a month or more to our our Patreon, gets a shout out on this show. And it's the end of the month, so we've got a crap load to do. Uh, (laughs) Also, if if you're not a patron already, or even if you are, uh, uh, for $10 a month or more, our WrestleTalk After Dark podcast went up there yesterday. Oh, yeah, in which we talk about Ollie hates Will Ferrell movies. Uh, <laughs> I love Will Ferrell movies, but we worked it out. We went through his filmography. He hasn't made a good one for 10 years. Come on, mate. I'm trying to get that clickbait title. Ollie hates Will Ferrell movies. He thinks he's a hot garbage person. <laughs> I, take, I take a Disney quiz about which Disney kingdom <laughs> that I should live in from a BuzzFeed article that came out like 20 years ago. That was and good. It's, it was a really bad uh, quiz as well. What else did we talk about? I tried to do push-ups, which it turns out I can't do. Uh, and you and Laurie try to coach me through that. Laurie gives his thoughts on the the Pokemon controversies that have uh, come out as of late about the new game. He talks about the PS5 release as well. It was a, it was a lovely time with the boys, and it was uh, a, a, always is doing Rust Talk After Dark. Plus, if you think God, I'd like to hear them swear a lot, then that's the podcast for you because it's mm. the podcast where we do. Um, there, so let's shout out some of our $25 a month or more pledge hammers who will have heard that. Also, over on Rest Talk Clips, there will be some sneak peeks of that podcast going up tomorrow in video form. Ooh, uh, let's fire through these because we've got a heck load. Uh, Jordan, don't you dare call me Mountain Jew. Woo! I won't. Living in the past, Kieran Pryor. It's high noon, Matthew McCready. Oh, yeah. Benjamin, always the bridesmaid, never the McBride. Send me to heaven, Evan Reich. Oh, Evan, great Scott. The anomalies, Warren. CJ Warren, indeed. Um, Groovy, Dylan Powers. Ashley from Cork. Yeah, she is. Mr. Patreon 1000, Mike Perry. Well done, Mike Perry. Full of flavour, Sean Blanford. What a guy. The only French guy that watches wrestling, Kano Mac. The Shockmaster, Austin Schrock. That's the Shrockmaster, Austin Shrockmaster. Robert F. Dangerously. Yes. The D. John Mustard. Yes. Dan Pierce, The Veil. 
the one and only Gabriel. Nerf this, Eva Martinez. Pledgehammer power hero in the half shell. The Joker, David Heath. Pull the powerhouse beef. Macklin Jr. I, I thought that was a second name. <laughs> Scary, Jose is, is, uh, Irizani, Irizari. I'm so sorry. And definitely not Daniel Odom backwards, Modo Leonard. Oh, very nice. Thank you. And thank you, as always, for our wonderful moderators who are full of modichlorians. Uh, Jenna, the mod mothers in there. Matt Nelly, Field, Bumhead, Rob, Garage Art with a V, Les, usually. Thank you all so much. You are terrific. see what you guys said wilson simons personally i disagree with the title i really like how paul Heyman was building up stars and i really wanted to see Heyman book a baby face nakamura that would have been fun yeah that would have been really good but yeah it is you know it's it's the various different mindsets really is pritchard's goal is to get ratings which is why we had christian in his first match it's why big show is back it's so yeah, it's just it's different approaches to this. They're not interested. It's short-term thinking, which I'm I don't overly agree with. Do you think there is a world that can have exciting television like the Christian stuff, like Big Show doing his his bits and Ric Flair suddenly turning on people and building new stars at the same time? Of course. Why what why can't we have both? No, you have to have it's like an opinion. You have to have it has to go one of two ways. It can't mm. be in the middle. Uh, Will HM, sorry, but this version of Raw has no longevity. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a very good point because it is, there is a big element of hotshot booking from Vince. Plus, I don't even think Pritchard is immune from his own three-week push. <laughs> I would, I, he's, he's had 20, 30 years of dealing with Vince McMahon professionally, but I think even Vince could run out of patience with him. Well, let's be honest. An investor's call will come will come up again. You know, it's only three months until the next one, so there'll 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 be another one for him to to. He'll need to find another sacrificial lamb. You know, not everything is someone else's fault. <laughs> well, it, it's in, when I was talk, talking to Russell Nomics about this, and I was I asked him the question: Do investors believe what Vince is saying when Vince is saying like, "Ah, oh, it's this lad's fault. It's this lad's fault. It's this lad's fault." Do they believe them? And he was like. Pretty much because the investors haven't bought into WWE, they've bought into Vince. So as long as Vince is still there and Vince is telling them something, yeah, they just believe him. If Vince says things are going to be fine, they're like, cool, we believe you, Vince. Oh, we've got a positive one from Dylan from Cork. Hey, Dylan from Cork. Credit where credit is due. Raw was pretty good this week. How long that will last is another question. Asuka versus Banks is going to be insane. To steal a line from yourself this morning, it has to be the main event of uh, Extreme Rules, the horror show, um, because it's yeah, it's the most captivating story that they've currently got on Raw, and I'm so invested in their characters. It 100% should be the main event. Yeah, so the other title matches are Braun versus Bray, obviously going to be a cinematic match. I think that's quite a nice middle-of-the-show headliner, those sorts of reproduced things, just like how Fiend and Cena was. You've got Dolph versus Drew. I love Drew, but Dolph is, you know, there's no business main eventing the show that match. No. And uh, Nikki Cross versus Bailey. 
So out of those, I, I mean, this is Asuka versus Banks should go on. We, we, I think we're past the point now where it should be a, oh, wow, women are main events in the pay-per-view. It should just be the best match or whoever WWE wants to push enough should main event the show. Completely. Completely. Just like when we got Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe as the the main event last year at Backlash, I think. Extreme. Was it Backlash? Yeah, it wasn't last year. It was the year before, I think. Yeah, but that was like no titles were attached to it. It was just the one they wanted to put on last because things. So why can't they... Yeah. Why can't they do that with Banks and Asuka? Can I just read out one super chat before we get into the main show? Because I just feel it, it kind of ties into what we were just talking about there from Ben Isaacs, who said, let's be honest, Big Show versus Randy Orton will be the main event of Extreme Rules, the horror show. Oh, no. I mean, oh, he's got right. a point, though. He's got you're a right. point. Yeah. Because it's got to be Randy versus Drew for SummerSlam, I I reckon. Well, this is it. Like, you know, the, the report that we had from Louis Dangor that we talked about on the, the Rest Talk podcast on Friday with Alex was that, Randy is pitching for it to be him and Champa or him and Cole, but Raw is low on heels at the moment. And it doesn't help that Jinder's out as well. Like they were clearly positioning him to be in this sort of Dolph Ziggler role. Um, so yeah, I could 100% them being like, nope, Randy versus Drew really should be. And to be honest, Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre does feel like more of a SummerSlam main event than Randy Orton versus Tommaso Ciampa. No disrespect to Ciampa, but Randy versus Drew has way more appeal than than Randy versus Ciampa. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and it, to be honest, it's best for Drew. So mm. I think as awesome as Ciampa Orton would be, hold that off till Survivor Series or yeah. an NXT TakeOver. SummerSlam should be McIntyre Orton. So this week's episode of Raw opened on a brawl. Oh my God, it's pandemonium in the performance center. Samoa Joe's there trying to do this dual contract signing. So both the men's and women's titles uh, have a table segment. I think Drew even tweeted beforehand, this is not going to go well (laughs) because contract signings always end in scuffles. You've got two contract signings. So of course... It was already underway. Asuka and Sasha Banks and Bailey were all brawling. You could say it was always going to be a horror show. <sighs> so that happened. And then, uh-huh. so they were all fighting. And then, you know, p- people, referees, officials were trying to pull them apart. And then Dolph Ziggler's music hit. <laughs> And that was the thing that needed to calm everyone down. And everyone just went, yeah. and they just sat down <laughs> normally. It was, it was like, oh, God, Dolph's coming out for a promo, oh. isn't he? Oh, God, it should have been me. It's the same promo he's been cutting now for the last five years. Yeah, to, to be hypercritical, that was so artificial and stupid. <laughs> I just, it just, And then, like, Drew came out as well. They had a really calm back-and-forth promo, you know, just because they don't really have a feud at the moment. It's very low-level stuff. And Drew sort of says, well, you get to pick the stipulation for our match at Extreme Rules. And before Dolph could answer with one, the scuffles began again. Yeah. I was kind of like, so Dolph's whole point was that, you know, you 
you left, your dream kind of died and you had to go away and you've been working to come back and be- get into this position and I'm going to take that away from you. But while you were gone, I was here, you know, being, and I was like, what, being employed? Like, that, that, that's <laughs> what your your big claim is? But it, hey, that, it, that's quite rare in the, the well, last few months in WWE. Yeah, very true. Um, but I was like, it's, it's one of those annoying moments where I wish that WWE would acknowledge that there was wrestling outside of their bubble because Drew's excellent retort would have been, yeah, I went away and I was champions all over the world. Like, how awesome does that make him sound? That he was, he was a champion all over the world while Dolph was lounging in mediocrity. But instead he has to be like, no, I came back and I achieved my dream. I, came, I didn't go anywhere. I just, I went into exile for nine years. Hmm? Yeah, and even maybe take a jab back at Dolph saying like, well, maybe you should leave too, mate. Mm. Yeah, Because we're, we're, everyone's been saying that for, for years and years and years. That Ziggler needs to freshen himself up. Um, that Sasha had a few nice lines in this as well. I really liked, she seems reinvigorated oh, a yeah. bit in this feud. Uh, now she's on Raw saying that she's going to become, she's going to get two belts and that her and Bailey aren't just going to take over both rosters. They're going to take over the whole damn company. I said this to Alex on the Friday show. I'm actually pulling for Sasha to win here. I want Sasha and Bailey holding all the belts. <laughs> I'd, I'd love that. Love, love, love that. Yeah, it would suck for Asuka. Yeah. But yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that either. Uh, then this set up a mixed gender tag match for the main event of the show. Sort of a, you know, for Extreme Rules last year. With yes. that, with <laughs> oh. that great oh. gender match. I forgot about that. Oh yeah, that was bad, wasn't mm. it? So after that, we got a hundred things happening across two segments. Uh, so Charlie Caruso, no, Angel Garza is flirting with uh, the female referee. I can't remember her name. And then Jessica Charlie Caruso, something Jessica, something, yeah. Hines, and then Charlie Caruso, Charlie Caruso comes in and says, oh, were you, were you flirting with her? And, you know, as if she's a bit jealous. And then Zelina Vega says, no, blah, blah, blah gonna beat the viking raiders so we're the number one contenders and then big show walks in and says actually i'm next so i've got to do this promo big show comes down to do a promo selena vega and andrade and angel garza come out interrupt big show then rick flair interrupts everyone says that big show has a cartoon on netflix <sighs> and then the viking raiders come out and beat up garza and andrade and then we get that tag match yeah and you what you you think like wow what a long half hour forty five minutes like no that was at most fifteen like maybe even ten it was a lot happened in a short space of time yeah it, and it was like I don't mind that I don't, it's it's not my personal tastes but it certainly made it zip along quite fast but the main problem I have in this is that Ric Flair is there mm-hmm. yeah, during right. a performance center outbreak it's absolutely just ridiculous yeah it's insane yeah like orton could be there to cut a promo for like you don't need flair there well plus like vega was already cutting the promos there were quite enough promos in this segment Uh, but flair did tease that orton will attack when orton wants to and no no orton on the show at all actually in the end he didn't attack he did not we'll get that next week Mm. 
Uh, we've got a recap of Liv losing and her interaction with Ruby Riot, and that led to a segment with Ruby texting, and the Iconics walked up and said she's got no friends. Uh, Ruby said, hey, you blew your tag title shot, uh, and challenged one of them to a match later on. And then we cut to Andrade and Gaza arguing more. Then Ric Flair walks up to them again and asks to have a meeting. And I, I mean, you highlighted this brilliantly in your review, but this, uh, this Andrade Gaza storyline is hot trash. That's it just flits between one segment to the other. I just thought we were done with this last week when Zelina Vega said, no, they're on the same page now. They're gunning for the tag titles. I'm like, okay, now we can move past all this nonsense infighting, which they've already combusted once, remember, with Austin Theory when he was part of the gang. So well, we didn't actually talk about the end of the match. Oh, yeah. Angel Garza and Andrade start to infight during the match, a match that's, you know, for the, num- the number one contendership. And Andrade walks off. Angel Garza gets the Angel Clippers win. And Andrade's angry at Garza for getting them the win. And then they're arguing backstage. And honestly, Ric Flair walks up and that everyone just goes, it made Hi, them Rick. look like such goofballs. Yeah, it, it didn't work for me either. Poor old Viking Raiders as well. Like they lost to a team that couldn't get on. Like mm. they essentially, they, they, they lost when they had such an advantage. Um, so yeah, really, really sucks to, to be them. Uh, yeah, so Gaza hit the wing clipper for the win. And Andrade was really upset about that. How much more fun would their tag team be if they were just obnoxiously getting along? I know, right? It'd be a yeah. credible threat and there'd be an enjoyable screen presence, but they're genuinely getting go away heat from me. It's, it's, the, it's the worst thing on the show. They're, they're constant bickering. Kira Tazawa versus our truth for the 24-7 championship. Like, that actually, is what it is. You know what? I mean, I've written here, truth wins. He beats up and Ninja tries to pin him. He kicks out. Like, so, yeah, I, I completely take that back. It was 90 seconds of screen time, including entrances. Yeah. Um. After that, MVP and Bobby Lashley cut a promo backstage talking about MVP's match with Cruz later on. And then they walk back. They walk off and they walk past Seth and Buddy who have their own little bit and then they walk out for the next segment. So it was a bit of, you know, Alfonso Cuaron, uh, Birdman staging, but I liked it. I thought this it worked. We always talk about wanting the backstage area to feel like an interconnected, living, breathing reality. I thought that accomplished it. There you go. Ollie Davis compared Kevin Dunn to Alfonso Cuaron. <laughs> They're in the same league, aren't they? <laughs> Birdman, Raw, you know. Um, so Seth Rollins comes out next, and I thought this was actually really, really good, this whole segment. Um, he's got a purple lucha mask, and he says, uh, I'm, I'm, I want your forgiveness, Ray. Building it up like Seth's done something wrong, as he has, you know, blinded Ray. But then he says, not for what I've done, but for what I'm going to do to you. I thought it was a really, really nice bit of material. And then we get um, Ray Mysterio and Dominic interrupt on the Titan Tron, and Alistair Black and Umberto Carrillo come out to face Rollins and Murphy. Yeah, you get a love, pretty decent match. I love how you describe them as their um their sort of physical avatars mm. because they can't be they're skyping in for this episode, but it's okay. <laughs> We've got our physical avatars in the form of uh Alistair Black and they're controlling them. <laughs> yeah. We've got little PS2 controllers playing Here Comes the Pain at Home. 
Uh, but the yeah, I, I really, really liked. Well, the match was good. The ma- I did one of the things we didn't talk about last week. All the matches were were rubbish, really, because they they went way too short. They were championship matches. Ah, but this week, I I thought all the in ring action was fun. Well, yeah, they basically just skipped over, you know, the first 10 minutes of a match and just went to the final five. And so everyone was basically just running around hitting all their big moves and stuff. Not saying that's a bad thing either. You know, it's it's a TV match. You save the big stuff for the pay-per-view. So, yeah, worked absolutely fine for what it was. And everyone was like, I've got so many notes for this match because they did so much stuff in the short space of time that they had. And the, the finish sort of came out of nowhere with Rollins getting the stomp on Carrillo for the win. Decent stuff. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. But yeah, the bit I liked the most was the post-match where that you can see the wheels turning in Seth's head and he gets that purple lucha mask. He puts it on Carrillo and then again tries to blind Carrillo by putting his eye onto the corner of the steel steps. I just thought it's, it's just a, a really great, subtle bit of storytelling. It's a message to Ray. There's a sort of, you know, sacrificial element to Seth's cult leader character that he's you, you know hurting the avatar almost like he's a life-size uh what do you call him voodoo doll mm-hmm. I, I i really really like this yeah i was a big fan of this segment it's like it, along with the asker sasha stuff this is my favorite part of raw at the moment is this seth storyline i'm really really into, I'm, i'd like to see more of ray on the show uh rather than him sort of scoping in from various different offices that he has around his house He's got loads of different places that he tries to Skype in from. He tries to, you know, vary up the backgrounds that he's got. Uh, but yeah, I'd like to see some interaction between them. But, you know, mm-hmm. we've got a couple of weeks before we get to Extreme Rules, the horror show. He is selling an, an eye injury. I, I d- he was I on TV last week. Not. Yeah, yeah, I guess guess you're right. Um, the Then we got Drew and Asuka talking backstage. That was quite cute. Uh, a recap of the Undertaker appreciation ceremony on SmackDown, which went on for about 10 minutes. Yeah, we didn't get to, you know, we don't do the SmackDown podcast. It's for Marks. Um, and yeah, I thought the the roster doing the thank you Taker thing was well cringe. Yeah. But as pointed out by Sean Rossap, the funniest thing about it was Cesaro and Nakamura not trying. Like really... <laughs> Doing it so half-assed in the background was really funny. But yeah, it, it's when we did the news story last week <coughs> after the, the last ride, the final part of the last ride, which I still haven't seen yet, mm. um, came out that, that he's retired. We still had quite a few people getting in touch to be like, he's not retired. He hasn't retired. Like, you're reading too much into this. You're, this is bad reporting on your part that he's not retired. I'll be honest with you. I mean, they, he's retired, right? Like they kept saying that was his last match. So unless this is one ginormous work, in which case I feel like we're wasting TV time. Yes. Well, no, it's it's the popper rating. I don't think he's retired at all. He'll be Especially back for, uh, the Saudi matches to do. Yeah. He'll be back for Saudi matches. He'll be back for cinema matches. Yeah. I, it's this was just a popper rating. It's you know it's 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 McMahon. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's lying to get to get ratings but is it lying or is it just a is it telling stories it's like how fargo is based on a true story i mean it's card subject to change the (laughs) card said he's retiring and it's subject to change yeah uh after that we got uh lana approaching ruby backstage to talk about the power of natalia and he's a bad actor yeah well no lana's good in the right role but not yeah. this role. 
Well, I was re-watching the, the Bobby Lashley stuff for a video that we never actually got to do in the end. But um, I, wa- I did watch like every segment that they did. And she was the best thing in that storyline. I, I, you know, in hindsight, she really was the best part of that storyline because she was the mm. one who was actually giving some effort and she was really trying to get it over. But then you kind of give her this dialogue and she just all of a sudden becomes really bad. It's bad. It's bad material. I don't, yeah. I don't know how much we can, you know, sort of criticize. Oh, she is a trained actor, though. Or, or she did acting. I don't know if mm-hmm. she's trained. Uh, but yeah, she approaches Ruby. The, I, I imagine Natalia was meant to be on oh, this yeah. in some way. But of course, uh, Tyson Kidd was sent home because he had a fever, not coronavirus, but, you know, you've got to be safe and anyone who is showing symptoms like that should be sent home. And because he lives with Natalia, his wife, she was also sent home. Do um, you but- think, sorry, just on that, do you think that there is, not on the Tyson Kidd thing, but do you think there is a potential problem in Seth Rollins' character being this locker room leader, Messiah character, Bailey and Banks being this SmackDown locker room leader, role model character, and Natalia being this locker room leader, Messiah character for the women's division. Like that's, there's the three people doing, or four people even, doing the, the same character. Yes, I, I agree. I've, I've, I've written here, that's Seth's gimmick? <laughs> uh, but it's... I, I, I quite like that they're giving stuff to the women's division. So I'm a, I'm a sort of beggars can't be choosers mentality yeah. here. I'm like, well, it's something. And yeah, it's better than what Lana was doing before. When you're right, you're right. <laughs> uh, then we get a recap of Asuka versus Charlotte. There were a lot of recaps on this show. Um, I got the sense that they were filling time because a lot of the tapings were problematic over the last week. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's why, but it, it was very recap heavy. Uh, and then we got the Peyton Royce versus Ruby Riot match. <sighs> Their backstage segment earlier, I thought was really good. I thought Ruby came across great. I thought the Iconics, as always, they're so funny. They came across great. But then in this match, which was fine, you know, it was it was Peyton Royce essentially squashing Ruby. It works for the story they're trying to tell because I imagine Ruby can't do anything unless she's in the team again with Liv Morgan in the Riot Squad. But it's not a story I like and it's not Mm. a story I think works because Ruby just has this awesome look. I want her to come out against the heels full of piss and vinegar, but instead she is worked over by Peyton Royce for two minutes, gets a brief comeback, then loses and then cries and i thought it made her look lame i am gonna use your own line against you beggars can't be choosers i'm just glad to see that <laughs> ruby Wright and the iconics are getting stories <clears throat> and at least this might actually lead for something to for live to do so beggars I, i'm not i don't think it's the right call but beggars can't be choosers and at least they're at least they're getting something now uh, speaking of at least they're getting something, Andrade and Angel Garza got two matches. Yeah, two matches to play their rubbish storyline up. And the number one contenders to the Raw Tag Team Championships lost a two-on-one handicap match to the big show because the biggest show the biggest show is a bigger show star. Um and I as soon as this match was booked, I was like, oh no, because you're not gonna beat Big Show here if he's feeding with Randy Orton. So why beat your your number one contenders? And 
if you're going to beat your number one, if you're going to beat Gaza and Andrade, don't make them the number one contenders then. Like, it's just, it's so backwards. Yeah, this is sort of the quite obvious nail in the coffin for the tag division and how this era doesn't care about tag wrestling. Not that it was getting a super push in the Heyman bit. It was relegated to a bunch of ridiculous skits between the Street Brothers and the Viking Raiders. But here, I... I, I was holding out hope that Randy Orton would strike because it was a Chekhov's gun that was set up earlier and that would lead into big losing. <clears throat> I don't know if in their heads they think, well, we need to keep big show strong for Orton. So that means, but we, we unfortunately booked this match, this handicap match against Gaza and Andrade. So we need to give Gaza and Andrade a reason to lose. Let's bring back the infighting from last week because that's yeah. what led to the loss. Yeah, I totally. They fully believe that these two were protected in this loss because they beat themselves effectively because their infighting cost them the match. Not the big show. I mean, big show was basically dominating anyway, but and they didn't want to fight him. But yeah, I think the out that they've got is they lost the match for themselves. Which doesn't make anyone look good. Uh, and it, yeah, really, really damages your number one contenders. Well, does this make Big Show the number one contender now to the uh, <laughs> Raw tag titles? Him and Nicholas. <laughs> so after that, I thought that was the worst thing on the show, by the way, by, by quite some way. Oh, can I actually say what my favorite thing on the show was? It was um, Peyton Royce's uh, brainbuster, uh, twisting brain, brainbuster thing it was wicked. Yeah, yeah, that's what she won with. Yeah, uh, yeah I agree. So after this, we get Ricochet, Cedric Alexander. Nice to see them back on TV again. Backstage with Apollo Crews. Um, I guess you could just say Babyface is going to Babyface, right? Just mm-hmm. Babyface is hanging out together. And then our truth comes in and talks about the, some nonsense about the 24-7 title. And then Apollo comes out for his match against MVP with Bobby Lashley in MVP's corner. And they they actually have a a really decent match, I thought. I really liked it. And then there's Bobby Lashley beats up Cruz afterwards. This brings down Ricochet and Alexander for the save. Ricochet and Bobby Lashley have a match, which was also really good, I thought. And then Lashley wins. I didn't like the Ricochet-Lashley match. I know like a few people, I've seen there's a super chat that's come in and they loved the match. Uh, And maybe this is just because I hate seeing Rick being a job guy. But like that's all there was, and it was I, that's all I could think while I was watching this. I was like, "My, you've got Ricochet signed to your company on the main roster on Raw, and this is what you're doing is just yeah, you're a job guy for the bigger lad." Just made me feel really, really sad for Ricochet, and just thought, "What a waste! What an absolute waste of a talent you've got there." So yeah, while while it was well worked and Ricochet played his role well, I don't think that's the role that Ricochet should be playing. Yes, I totally agree. I don't know why the hill I'm choosing to die on this week is Ruby Riot. (laughs) 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 Because that that should have been a a more competitive match. I Again, I don't know. I've got this beggars can't be choosers mindset here. 
I really like seeing Ricochet wrestle when he, oh my God, the guy is selling. Yeah. And he was just being chucked around by Bobby Lashley, which is a lot of Lashley as well. It's not all Ricochet. You know, mm-hmm. we, we should applaud Bobby for how far he can throw people and for Ricochet, how many flips he can do in those throws. And Ricochet's comeback. Oh, I just, I was like, oh my God, I have missed Ricochet wrestling singles matches. Um, you should probably watch lost. main events. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, so what 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 was what was awkward here? It was sort of like a lot of WWE's diversity has just been lumped into one segment, which is you know that's it's fine. It just it felt like it felt a bit subconsciously pigeonholing. Mm, yeah, on behalf of the bookers, I get I get what you mean. Mm. Yeah, kind of in the same way that they put Asuka and Kyrie Sane together as a tag team, not because creative had nothing for them. It's just that well, I guess you go together, you know. Yeah, and. Let's let's not forget New Day, who are now like the longest reigning faction in WWE history, um, were put together for that reason. It's like, well, you three are African American, so to get your attack, te- your attack now, and you're yeah. the new nation of domination. So I, I, you know, at best, I think it's 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 well intentioned because they're like, yeah, let's let's give everyone us let's give everyone something to do, but I, it's. It's not playing the best. Mm, yeah. Uh, but uh, overall, I, I, I am so into MVP. Oh, yeah. I, I love this. Like him and Lashley together are so, so great. And like Lashley, uh, as I said, I'm, I'm not a fan of them using Ricochet in this manner. I think Ricochet should be, you know, he was challenging for the WWE title not a few months ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, but... Good man, Bobby's great. He's so good. And his like viciousness in this match, bleeding from the ear, like he's Orange Cassidy. And he's just like the like intensity in the eyes was just like, oh, I'm gonna kill this poor kid. And he did. Like when he locks in that full Nelson, I think the full Nelson is such a lame 80s trope, but he's made it work. He's he's probably the only wrestler in the history that has made the full Nelson look good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I think everyone here, there's so much talent in this segment. And I can't believe I'm, I'm most into MVP. You know, <laughs> who, of all the surprising things to happen in 2020, who would have thought that MVP would have been one of the best mid card acts in Raw? Yeah. It's, it's a low, low key surprising thing to have, P- have developed, particularly when he announced he'd retired. Yes, several <laughs> times. Uh, uh, also, on the subject of Bobby Lashley, if you haven't already, folks, go over and subscribe to Parts Unknown, our other wrestling channel, because this week, Adam Blompier will be doing a fantasy booking how Adam would have booked Bobby Lashley's WWE return. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm sure sisters. <clears throat> that, I, I don't know how they can improve on it. Yep. I said, are you, you sure? It. Because that's one of the most well-regarded returns to a company ever. Got it right first time. Mm. And he said, no, no, I'm a smartass. Uh, so after that, there was um, more recaps. And the main event of Drew McIntyre and Asuka versus Dolph Ziggler and Sasha Banks. Um, all got it, Everyone got into it at the end. Again, this was like, you know, just cut to the final five minutes of the match. It did get an ad break, like... And uh, Banks got the hot tag in. Bailey did some distractions. Drew got a hot tag. And in the end, Banks pinned Asuka. 
And I really don't think that Asuka lost much in this match because she was standing tall with Drew at the start of this. I thought she actually looked really good throughout the match. But it was Banks got a sort of almost a fluke win over her. She she beat her on this night. This is not in the same realm as Charlotte dominates for ninety percent of the match, and then Asuka gets a fluke arm, you know, win with the armbar because Nia Jax had hurt her earlier in the night. I thought Asuka actually looked pretty good here. This is actually the best that she's looked in a while, and Sasha pinning her is to set up their match down the line. I, I didn't mind it at all, actually. I thought it was a really decent main event. I'm still, like, there is no way you're going to convince me that Dolph Ziggler should be in the WWE title picture. But I thought Sasha was great. I thought Asuka was great. I thought Drew was great. And Bailey on commentary is just a joy to behold. When she did the no, 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 no thing, I was like, God, that's lame. And then <laughs> Asuka fell for it. And Bailey was like, who falls for that? Like, I did this. <laughs> It's so stupid. Who would actually fall for that? What an idiot. And I was like, God, you're the best. And I love you in this heel role. Yeah, Bailey, Bailey was really, really good on commentary. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I think in in isolation, this main event worked perfectly for what they're trying to achieve. Unfortunately, it would be so much better if Asuka had been booked as a really strong champion for the month preceding it. 100%. 100%. So, so when... Uh, you know, it was a really exciting exchange of submissions near the end. Askalock into bank statement. Askalock bank statement. Roll up, like that. That made me so excited for their eventual pay per view match. But it's it 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 does. Well, I'm happy for Sasha because she's been on the tear recently, and I think she's finally getting that sort of main roster character presentation that we all hoped for when she was called up four years ago. It, that, I would be lying if I wasn't also a bit like. Uh, Asuka lost again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 totally. I've got a shout out to Drew as well. I, th- I just think Drew is amazing. There was yeah, a, yeah. there was a great bit where Sasha Banks squares off to McIntyre. Like, I, they made me want to see McIntyre versus Banks, genuinely, <laughs> just by that. And Dolph Ziggler gets on the apron behind Drew, and Drew, not even looking, just reaches behind him. And punches Dolph off the apron. Brilliant. Absolutely amazing. He is so, so great. So, so great. Uh, Yeah, so over... I mean, you know, just talking about that main event segment, that made me think I really enjoyed the episode. But the Andrade and Gaza stuff was absolutely rubbish. Yeah, I I would say it was very much uh, an an Avroj show. I I think you gave it a high Avroj. Yeah, because I did. I I was so into the main events by the end of it, mm-hmm. and I I think that's absolutely fair enough. I would definitely go Avroj because, like as I said, for the the, I just sort of think Raw's fine at the moment, and it's it's absolutely fine, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just not really invested in a lot of the storylines and or characters. But hey, do you know what? Like I I think it is showing. Some people are really enjoying this this period of Raw. Gorilla position. We're talking about how. You know, they, they've been enjoying Raw so much more in these last few weeks than they have been all year. So there are those people out there who are really, really enjoying this era of Raw. And I don't think that they're wrong for, for thinking that. And I would be too, I think, if I was just more invested in more of the storylines. Ben Ix, honestly, I was shocked that Carrillo allowed himself to get masked, considering he lost a Lucha de Espuestos in Mexico, and he usually respects that. 
Well, he didn't put it on his own mask. Yeah, I think that's okay. It was more of an angle. Yeah, I think that's I think that's okay. Mm. E-Jam King. Hi, guys. Love your con- constant content. Not consistent, but constant. Nice. <laughs> Should Seth's group get a lady to join him, maybe Liv Morgan, instead of doing nothing or becoming a tag team? I think Liv's going to be going into uh, a tag team back with Ruby Riot, uh, by the looks of it. But um, yeah, I, we, we've said this many times before, but I don't think Seth's groups needs more members at the moment. Like, you know, Austin Theory wasn't there this week, but I didn't look at that group thinking like, God, that needs more members. Yeah. AOP are t- still technically members. Uh, Josh Kirsch again. I'd like to see Bobby have a long US title run. Yeah. I will go one better. I wouldn't. I genuinely wouldn't mind him being the WWE champion, uh, mm-hmm. and then facing Brock Lesnar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely agree. Uh, especially if MVP was US champion, what a super faction that would be. Michael Dominguez, Raw was pretty solid. Hashtag three week push. There it is. Three weeks. Lester Wink twenty three. Flair and Big Show together on Raw. What year is it? Nineteen ninety five. You should have seen the one where it had Christian and Randy Orton too. <laughs> and Nate S. Sasha beats Asuka. Charlotte beats Bailey and Sasha in a handicap match at SummerSlam for all the belts. The path is set. Face palm emoji. Jam that jam. Uh, jam that jam indeed. Yeah, actually, do you know what? Like uh, Bailey and Sasha and Asuka in a triple threat match would be really good to set up that bailey sasha match having said that though and i said this on friday show as well i don't want them to have that match at SummerSlam anymore i like them so much as a team i don't want to see them split up uh rose 89 did anyone notice the second lady ref during the ruby uh royce match she was african-american yeah sucks it probably cut from the hulu feed like she never happened i didn't yeah, yeah. see yeah yeah they've got two else. yeah they've got two female referees now Oh, great. Yeah, that's fantastic. I can't believe there was such a controversy when the first one was introduced. (laughs) Uh, Nate S. Peyton's finisher looked great. Loved the Iconics. Iconic. So good. uh, Billy Kay on the outside is just gold. Have you seen the the Iconics going round to loads of the roster about Billy Kay's birthday? Is this a new one? It came out last week, I think. Oh, okay. Because like the stuff that they were doing last year when they were the tag champions, introdu- like telling everyone about their side plates was so good. It should have been on TV. But if they've got a new one of them sort of about, oh, and, about Billy Kay's birthday, I'm in for it. I think it's like the tw- 23rd of June and they're just going round to everyone going, hey, hey, Samoa Joe, what are, you, what are you doing on the 23rd of June? What's your plans, mate? And Samoa Joe will go, like, oh, yeah, 23rd of June. Like everyone pretends to know what it is. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, it's it's really funny. Also, flawless Billy yeah. Kay impersonation. What can I say? Uh, I'll hand over to you. Um, Michael Dominguez says, how are we only two pay-per-views away from WrestleMania? That's true. We've only had Money in the Bank and uh, Snack Clash. Did you, I'd say in a news episode, I can't remember which one because they've all melded into one. <laughs> uh, I realized we are living through that scene in Interstellar. <laughs> where yes. they go down to the the planet and time yeah. moves quickly there but it's like 20 years in the spaceship yeah 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 christian says uh how uh what if orton retired the undertaker the legend killer versus the legend the legend killer becomes the legend imagine a last ride into an rko um 
Yeah, that that would yeah, be exactly. really yeah, cool if if he could work it. Uh, Sounds I... like a county match in the making. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I think farm. Uh, there's a lot more intrigue in Randy going after younger guys, seeing them as potential future legends, kind yeah. of like the Minority Report version of that gimmick. Uh, I, but yeah, whatever. Azo Smith, Sasha's stamp return for a contract signing from Becky uh, in NXT was 10 million chef kisses. There's an old NXT gimmick of hers using a stamp. Very nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lena Bliss, Banks might win, eventually turn on Bailey when losing the tag belt. Winner takes all at SummerSlam. I don't know if we, I don't know if we need like, you know, Becky two belts and sort of like one person holding all of the, the belts in the end, but I just want to see them hold all the gold. Mm. Uh, Asa Smith again said, Banks knows the first rule of uh, female fighting, always take off your shoes. Also, we need more women's feuds where it's no lips, just fists. No lips, just fists. (laughs) Does that mean like no jaw jacking? Maybe. Uh, Valdo Vega. What what a heel though. (laughs) Heels. I I got you. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Uh, Valdo Vega. Hi, BBB. So, Ricochet, aka Dickochet. Great pun. A lot, of, uh, lot of thought and effort's gone into that pun. And uh, he also said, Roman versus Drew, meh. Then Drew's out, Roman's Roman. Oh, then Drew out, Roman's Roman. Yeah, well, I I think that would be a really good match. If, God, if Roman Reigns was a heel. That's that's that that's the perfect timeline. I was going to say, didn't they do it loads last year when he was feuding, like when Roman was feuding with the Dogs of War and stuff? Yeah, probably. Uh, Akon 22 is, and with Shane. Because Drew was feuding with Shane Andrew at the same time. Forgot mm-hmm. about that until someone pointed out to me. Because we've just passed the one-year anniversary of the dumbest Raw ending ever, where Cedric Alexander <laughs> revealed to be a janitor, and he lost, but acted like he won. Uh, Acon 22, is it just me, but I would love to see MVP, Lashley, Cruz, Alexander, and Ricochet as a stable and just dominate WWE. Love your guys' channel. Keep up the good work. Yeah, I think, obviously, I wouldn't like them to all just be lumped together because of you know reasons but i think there's a that there is a storyline justification for mvp taking these people under his wing because they've been losing mm-hmm. ejam king drew has one of the best chops in the business yeah I, I, honestly drew's moveset is it's top to bottom awesome and alabama slam love it <laughs> yeah uh michael dominguez ricochet showed his strengths seth put over other three I know Total holds AW Raw to separate standards. What's a one-star show versus a five-star show for you? Yeah, so we we do kind of yeah hold AW and Raw in separate regards because, to be honest, every Raw would be one star if I <laughs> if I rated it along like how I rate AW or New um, Japan and things like that. Exactly. Uh, so uh, a one-star show. There would ha- there would have to be something actively damaging mm-hmm. to uh you know like when Becky apologized to the authority uh, a five star show has to have an all time memorable angle or three incredible angles yeah I think uh Batista attacking Ric Flair right just recent ones um and then yeah it's so that's why my ratings are mostly two to four yeah I think that's fair enough um. And Joey Jello says, uh, I love your content. What's your favorite pay-per-view from the Ruthless Aggression era? I don't know off the top of my head because I didn't watch that as it was happening. I guess No Way Out 04. Oh, that's with um, Randy Orton. Eddie. No, oh, yeah. Eddie Brock. With, yeah, what am I thinking of? I think I'm thinking of Backlash with Randy versus Mick. 
I don't really know. Yeah, like like you, I, I wasn't watching Ruthless Aggression. I sort of came back in for the Cena era. So mm. I don't know on that one, Joey. I think we 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 need better people here to answer that question. Um, I'll carry on. Tim Arndt, how have you boys been this last month? I haven't been as active in the community these last four weeks and wanted to know how everyone's been doing. Well, <laughs> it's been a rough time, to be honest. Uh, you know, the speaking out movement was just just quite devastating to watch unfold. Um, but hopefully I'm optimistic for the future of the industry if if it can learn from this. Same here. Uh, uh, Benny Sato, Datsun's best friend. Jam that effing jam. Jam that jam. Thanks, Benny Sato. Uh, David Pulaski. Hello, mates. Question. How much money would it take to raise for charity for Chopper Pete <laughs> to get a neck tattoo like Cody has? Much love from Arizona. I don't see that one happening. Um, I mean, he does want to get more ink, but I don't think he's going to be getting any uh, like big nightmare family neck tattoos. Yeah, what, what would a transfer be okay? Well, they, they do sell them now. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry, David, probably not happening. Um, Rake Carpet Man. Hello, Luke. Who is the new guy with you? Also, I didn't know Andy and Pete have the same birthday. Happy birthday, boys. Yeah, happy birthday, Randy. And Pete. And I, th- I completely course. forgot that was a thing we used to do. So every, like when people were like, oh, my God, Andy shares a birthday with Pete. Yeah. My first thought was, oh, no, we forgot Pete's birthday. <laughs> no, no, no. I've got a birthday tracker. Don't you worry. Uh, Mike Ropenas. Is Andrew old enough to drink the booze now? Even if he was, he'd still drink the milk. Yes. Uh, Zachary Jenkins. Ollie, where are my wrestle sketches? We, we sort of stopped doing them. It's it's quite creatively draining to come up with them. And you're the first person to have asked after them yeah. <laughs> in, in four months. So, yeah, they, they, it's not like they were getting massive views either. No. Uh, Degenerate Forever 84. Can't wait for the best return ever. Quizzlemania. Yeah. Good old, it's a good lineup for Quizzlemania uh, this week as well. In fact, one second, I can get up the lineup for Quizzlemania. Boom! There it is. Quizzlemania yes. 13. Wow, my top went low cut for a moment there in, did, yeah. in my picture. Yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, it's for Pride. It's a Pride special because it's Pride Month. And we're raising money again for Calm, the mental health charity. Oh, I don't Ollie. think I showed this, uh, but look. We got sent a certificate from them Aww. after our first one because we raised so much money. Uh, thanks to you all. Uh, train 24 Guys, do you know what it's like to have a Pavlovian response to a normal word like jam? I can't hear it without saying jam that jam. I thought this this morning because I had um, peanut butter and jam on a bagel this morning and... I did think as I was stirring, because I, I, I put my peanut butter and jam into a bowl and mixed it all together at the same time, thinking, I'm jamming that jam. Jam that jam. Uh, Lim Bell. Hi, fellas. When will No Rolls Barred Superheroes Edition be made public? Watched it through Patreon, but this cannot be kept a secret. It's so good. Uh, I think it's, what, uh, it'll be out this Sunday, maybe? Yes, that's the plan. Uh, if you want to watch it now, you can go over to No Rolls Bard's Patreon page and, yeah, watch it there. Uh, John Marth also said something similar. I miss No Rolls Bard. CB-dub, CB-dub. Jam that jam. Coming back uh, with Superheroes uh, featuring a Oscar-worthy performance from yours truly. <laughs> 
I'll let you carry on. Uh, yes, for the uh, general super chats slash miscellaneous. Tara Lee, you two AM in New Zealand. Off to bed. Hashtag support rest talk and hashtag jam that jam. Sleep Degenerate. Well. J uh, degenerate forever eighty four. Hi guys, can I get a happy birthday? Jam that jam. Happy birthday, indeed. Happy bloody birthday, Jobber JJ. A horror show. Nothing more horror than Steiner chasing you with an axe, Lesnar chasing you with the car door, or Suzuki chasing you with a chair. Yes, it's my question from the past mailbag. Hashtag jam that jam. <laughs> yeah, he asked which. If you were in a horror movie, which would you prefer? Steiner chasing you with an axe, Lesnar chasing you with a car door, or Suzuki chasing you with a chair? Lesnar's so fast. Suzuki's terrifying. So Steiner, because I actually think I could outrun him. Oh, okay, yeah. I He's see. quite a mobile. Um, and Jobber continues to say, "I love my mailbag questions. Soon creating a fancy booking cinematic match between the three of them. <laughs> uh, two guys most likely going to the hospital." Mm-hmm. Uh, last minute super chats. Dylan from Cork said, "Roman has added to his tattoo, which now extends to his back. When he comes back, it's time to ditch that vest. His ink is too cool not to show off." But how's he going to protect the chest? And he's the flak jacket there for those chops. I wouldn't mind a new look for Roman when he comes back. I think that's quite long overdue, actually. I absolutely agreed. And bloody new music as well. Uh, Joey Jello, happy birthday, Andy. Uh, P.S. You pronounced my name wrong. I mean, we probably did it again. Joey Uh, Gello? Maybe. Uh, Azo Smith, I'm with Luke. Really want to see (laughs) Sasha as champion. Absolutely. And Joey, again, I'm not going to attempt the surname because I'm going to get it wrong for a third time. <laughs> you can have Grim from GTS on Quizzlemania someday. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll, 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 we're trying to get anyone who's interested, uh, really, with a following. So be and do you want to have uh, the ones from the other channel as well? Oh, yes, please. Uh, forward slash support. This Raw had great tag team matches this week. I love Andrade and Gaza. The infighting is annoying, but when they click, they are amazing. Yeah, that's why it's so frustrating. How was your weekend of socially distancing fun? We are now just four days away from lockdown, essentially being over and done with because pubs are going to be open. Not in Leicester, obviously, um, but uh, everywhere else in the country. Yeah, so Leicester's been naughty and then they're grounded. For, for, for a bit longer than everyone else uh us viewers who don't really follow the uk situation but the yeah i i'm treating this so this weekend is when everything's going to reopen again to, to a degree and i i would never book on for the first week of secret cinema performances mm-hmm. you always want to book the second after two weeks in because there's always going to be teething problems Cues are gonna be missed. Your stuff's gonna get lost. It's gonna you're gonna be queuing for ages at the bar. So that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna stick to my drinking in car parks pattern <laughs> that I've worked out. Okay, so you told this on Russell Talk After Dark. Head mm. on over to patreon.com forward slash Russell Talk to hear that podcast. But explain to uh, uh, the free feed here what you mean by drinking in car parks. Well, there's three breweries three pretty fancy hipster breweries within a five-minute walking distance of my house. It's called the Walthamstone Mile, even though it's barely half a mile, in it? And, yeah, they've, they've sort of been serving stuff from the front of their breweries. You can get a full pint. So uh, last Friday, I went down there, meant to stay for two hours, stayed for six, got mm. hammered, And yeah, we just drank on a grassy mound next to a car park in an industrial estate. And, you know, 
there was a lot of trips around the backs of buildings <laughs> because there were no toilets. <laughs> so classy then. Mm -hmm. It's but it's it's actually okay because it's on the it's on sort of a forest. It's, it's right. Uh, it backs onto so it's not like I'm weeing on property. I'm weeing through the gate into the forest, <laughs> which I'm I think is fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had my first socially distanced gathering since lockdown began. Like, this is the first time that me and my wife have actually ventured outside of uh, the area that we live in to go see people. Um, How far did you go? I went to Hastings, which is a two hour mm. drive away. Um, and my eyesight's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we went to Hastings to go see my sister-in-law uh, and her boyfriend and my uh, mother and father-in-law for a socially distanced gathering on the beach where I got sunburns. Mm. Impressively so, just on my knees and one half of my neck, which is very, very sore. And it was so sore this morning that I just, I woke up a quarter to six and I was like, you know what? I may as well just get up. I'm just going to go and watch Raw. Raw, the color of your sunburn. Yeah. How tragically ironic. <laughs> so yeah, but it was, it was kind of, nice but odd to see people like i think you put it really well yesterday on the the after dark podcast when you said like it wasn't the big sort of celebration thing that i think a lot of people were expecting it to be which is like lockdown is lifted roam free everyone it's you know quite probably more sensibly doing it in drips although you know pubs because they can tax the money but it's drips and drabs that they're they're sort of implementing so we're not going to get that big sort of celebratory you can now go see your parents and hug them again. No, no, it's it's going to be like T.S. Eliot's Wasteland. It's, it's not going to end with a bang. It's going to end with a whimper yeah. and a, a slow phase in of various things you can do. And as you said, or you saw a tweet that made you laugh, you can't have a second spike <laughs> if the first one doesn't end. Yep. We're still on that. We're still riding that first wave, folks. That was actually casually explained. I've just been watching so much casually explained on YouTube. It's one of the only things that make me and my lady partner, sorry, my partner, laugh. Oh, mate. I mean, some people were very upset that you've uh, that you uh, gave in to that email. Um, you're too PC now. Go woke, get broken, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Huh. I don't care. Yeah, I'm just yeah. gonna. I think it's time I grew up a bit. <laughs> We're in 32. I was gonna say I turned 35 this year. It's just time yeah. to grow up a little bit, isn't it? But anyway, that is all we've got time for on this edition of the Rustle Podcast. Sorry if it was a little bit short. We had some extra work that we had to do before we came in to record, but you got a whole hour's worth of you know free chat and whatnot. So hope it satisfies you. And we'll be back on Thursday for the AEW podcast. The NXT one will be there as well. And uh, Denise uh, Salado will be joining me for, or Salcedo, I believe it is, sorry, uh, will be joining me. I always get the name wrong. You uh, should get that right before you yeah, yeah. introduce well, her. She's on Quizzlemania, so Adam's got to be the one to get it right first. So it's all good. Um, and she'll get me on the magazine show this Friday, which I'm really excited about. Thank you all so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.